I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the winged wonder, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We have a new Dallas Maverick. Let's go, Wesley Wandu. Um, yes, welcome to Dallas, bro. This podcast we're recording because we have to say this every time now. Every time we're recording this Sunday morning at one twenty. Um, or I guess we want to say Saturday night, whatever. Uh, we waited until one twenty in the morning, Central Time, 2.20 next time. Shout out to everybody who listened to the pod yesterday that we cranked out at 3 in the morning after the whole James Johnson <laughs> everything unfolded and the dust settled. But uh, a lot of you listened yesterday, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. A bunch of you guys. We are still ranked in like the top 100-something uh, on iTunes, you know, sports podcast. So we appreciate that. Uh, everybody that listen, if you're listening for the first time, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all that stuff. We are a five day a week podcast, but obviously you're listening to us on Sunday if you're listening to us today. And we are, uh, we're going through till training camp, I think, until stuff stops happening. We'll continue to pump out podcasts cover this team because news keeps happening on today's show we are going to talk about wesley awundu the new maverick uh, also a couple other newsy points see if the mavericks are done yet talk about the free agents that are still available talk about the mavs rotation as of now so we'll get into all that let's start with the new signing so it was announced the mavericks are agreeing to a deal with wing wesley awundu isaac tell me about wesley yeah i mean same draft i mean basically if you just want to uh, view it this way you're swapping out two 2017 uh wings uh you know justin jackson was the 15th overall pick uh in that 2017 draft and you know awandu was taken there at the beginning of the second round in the 30s there and um you know we kind of liked him i i went back and looked because i remember doing some pre-draft uh stuff on him because i mean he's six eight seven one wingspan four-year college guy kansas state um he's 25 years old when I when I saw it, I was like, about to be twenty six, by the way, December twentieth birthday. Okay, about to be twenty six. Uh, but you know, I think you look at a situation in Orlando. I think this was the only thing that made me uh, kind of weird about it because one, I didn't think he was going to be available on all my lists that I made. I didn't have him on the list because me either. <laughs> because uh, he just finished his third year in the league. He was going to his fourth year, which was going to make him a restricted free agent. And my whole my whole mindset was. A young team like Orlando, they're probably not going to be as good next year. They're probably going to be a little bit down the ranking, especially not having Jonathan Isaac next year. And he plays the same position as Jonathan Isaac for the most part. And they didn't like send him the qualifying offer. <laughs> they didn't give him that. So they made him, they basically chose Dwayne Bacon and uh, Gary Clark over Wesley Owandu and Melvin Frazier. And that kind of surprised me. So I never thought, I never thought, I mean, I thought for sure he'd just be a restricted free agent. And, uh, I didn't know that I didn't see Orlando's moves over the past few days. And on Thursday, they didn't give him the qualifying offer, therefore making him a unrestricted free agent. Dallas swooped in and said, Hey, we'll, we'll take the flyer. We're, we're all about wings right now. So call us pluckers <laughs> because we're all about it. Heck yeah. Shout out to, Josh Dak. Shout out to your boy, Josh Dak for that one. 
<laughs> That's a great. That is definitely a Josh Dak special. I immediately thought of him when you said that. Uh, I hope he's listening today. Shout out to you, man. Great person. Um, yeah, the Mavericks are taking flyers on all these wings now. Basically, I think it's. I think it's a really good. Flyer, a really good deal for him. I think that uh, it's for the minimum, so it's like 1.7 million or something like that. It's not like he's going to be added to the uh, mid-level exception money. Key so point, there, yes. it's, it really is a flyer. You're like losing nothing based on this. So he won't be he won't be signed until the very end, along with JJ Beret, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so he's going to be signed at the very end. You know, once they've figured out all that stuff with the mid-level exception, maybe if they don't sign anybody else, they'll give him more money from the mid-level exception. But it sounds like it's just for the minimum, and so they'll sign him. And it doesn't count against the cap, basically. Yeah, and, and so... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you can keep going. I was just going to say something about him in the bubble. Yeah, so he... Um, f- for his career, I mean, he... In college, he, he, Isaac said he was a four-year uh, player. He played really well, you know, good defense in college. Mavs draft said that he was a really, really good defender in college. He had scouted him for a little bit for the 2017 draft. Uh, Three-point shooting in college, though, I found really interesting. His So he played basically 30 to 35 games his whole career, like all four years, you know, each year, his first year, he took a total, (laughs) a total with like 30 games of 17 threes. He made seven of them, which it doesn't really matter. 19 threes, his second year, his sophomore year, 30 threes, his junior year. Then he took 85 threes his senior year. So he really didn't become a prolific, like consistent three point shooter until that, you know, senior year. And he took 85 threes in 35 games and he made 37.6% of them in college that last year. So that's, I think, where he really became like known as a three-point shooter and actually like established himself. And adding that skill really helped him. He went 33rd in the draft to the Magic in the second round. You know, that was in the second round. And so adding that to his game, I think, is really important. In the NBA so far, he shot, you know, not a ton of threes. First year, it was like one point, you know, it was like 0.7 a game. And he shot uh like 17 percent or something on three so really struggled didn't get a lot of consistent playing time for sure and then next year he took he uh he averaged 30 37 basically and then 34 percent last year so if you take the aggregate of the last two years he's like a 35.4 percent three-point shooter so decent right but he's also you have to remember he's playing in Orlando. He's not playing with playmakers, you know. DJ Augustine, Mavs killer, was his his playmaker. I guess, um, you know, who else would they have had? Markel Fultz, I guess, this past year. Yeah, you know, they haven't really had consistent, like, really good playmakers, and so it's the same thing we've said about James Johnson. They're going to benefit from and guys Josh like Brunson and and Josh Richardson too. Yeah. Well, Josh Richardson played with with Ben Simmons, but they're going to benefit from Luka Doncic. And I was thinking about this: the Mavericks have had wings like this all the, all the time, right? If you think back to Al Farouk Aminu, think back to Jay Crowder, think to Dorian Finney-Smith even. That's three really good examples of guys that have gone and got that have played really, really well, that have be, have developed in the Mavericks organization. And so I think this is another guy, him, Josh Green, Tyler Bay. You know, I think all three of those guys, if one of those guys works out really well, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're taking a flyer on all of them. If one of those guys becomes... You know, the next Dory and Jay Crowder, Alfred Camino. I think that's a big win for the Mavs. So you might as well take as many bites at it as you can. Yeah, if you have the roster spot open and you hand him the minimum, like if they went out and handed, you know, a Wandu five million of the of the mid level, I'll be like, Oh wow. Okay. They yeah, they really yeah. uh are huge believers in him. But they're bringing him in and this is what you do. I mean, it's it's kinda like what you said with Dorian. I mean, look when they brought Dorian in what, four or five years ago, however long it's been now, uh, undrafted out of Florida, and they kind of like groomed him. And I, I know Owando's a little bit older now. He's 25, I'd say older, but 
um, you know, has been in the league a handful of years. But still, I I think in, he just gives you that wing depth. We've said a thousand times you can never have enough six six to six nine guys on the roster. And you know, I I think his finishing up in the bubble helped him. You know, with Jonathan Isaac getting hurt for the Magic, he actually played a decent amount of minutes for Orlando in the bubble. His last three games uh, during the restart, he averaged 14 points. He started those games, shot 48% from the field in those games. Uh, he played, you know, a significant amount of minutes in, you know, the five playoff games against Milwaukee, including that first, you know, that first game against the Bucks in which they beat him. But there's, it's not like a huge expectation thing. It's not like they're signing Wander and you're like, yeah, here we go. That's the defensive wing. He's gonna like. I, we don't expect him to start. It's just let's get this guy to camp on a minimum deal. Let's see what he looks like. And yeah, I mean, he's still just 25 years old. So, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the Luca thing because I wrote in all caps in my thing, never played with Luca <laughs> and with a Luca <laughs> because he, I mean, his point guards, like you said, DJ Augustine, Marco Fultz, it, it does wonders, especially for wings in the league to play with. Did you say it does it wonders? <laughs> it does it wonders? But, but even like you look at what like Phoenix is going through, and it's like, <laughs> Them getting Chris Paul, I think that's going to help so much with like Mikel Bridges. I think it's going to, I, people, everybody's talking about Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think it's DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul because I think Chris Paul is going yeah. to do DeAndre Ayton. It's going to do him wonders when, as far as playing at the point guard. And I, that's, I love seeing young teams. Now we're getting, but I love seeing young teams bringing in a veteran point guard to just show them. That's why Chicago, I'm like, go get a, like a vet point guard, go get a Rubio or something like that before he got traded to like, help guys like marketing and play in the league and stuff. So obviously the big thing for, with Awandu is his shot. And even look at Synergy, I mean, yeah, his catch and shoot shot and stuff is not very good on Synergy. Um, <laughs> you know, career in the NBA, like you said, 31% three-point shooter. But it's not the end all For his catch and shoot he was? No, no, no. That's just like three-point three point percentage oh, as yeah, far yeah. as his well, career. rookie year really brings that down a lot. For real, yeah. And, I mean, even, like, his last season in Orlando, he only shot, what, three and a half a game, basically. So what would that look yeah. like if he shot three threes a game? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the biggest, I guess, thing about him. But at 25 on a minimum deal, sign me up. Bring him in. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a flyer. This is another flyer deal where if he turns out to be it is effective as like you know those those wings I mentioned, that's a really good pickup for the Mavs for sure. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into the roster and talk about a couple of newsy things that happened. Brad Townsend had a couple of reports yesterday or uh, on Saturday that are kind of you know interesting. So we'll talk about that. The Mavs are not done. As far as we know, they're at least not done working. We're not sure if they're going to add somebody else, but they're at least not done working. We'll talk about that and what that could be coming up. All right, Isaac, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, Brad Townsend had a couple of reports on Twitter. He announced you know, specifically that J.J. Barea is going to be back, so I think we can confirm that. We had questioned that as as early as late as yesterday. <laughs> we had said maybe J.J. Barea would be back, maybe he won't, but it seems like that's going to be the case. Uh, do we want to talk briefly about why that's not a waste of roster spot? I feel like we've talked about that so much on this podcast, and I think our listeners know that. I don't think people on Twitter understand why J.J. Bray is not a waste of roster spot. But if you listen to this podcast, you understand why. Yeah, I mean, quick 30 seconds. Any young team, any good team that's wanting to win basketball games, you got to have vets on your roster, and you got to have vets in the locker room. Guys, everybody loves J.J. Barea. Luca loves J.J. Porzingis loves J.J. Everybody loves Barea, and – I think you joked about it. I, you might, I don't think you put it as a tweet or something, unless I missed it, but you texted me today, and it was the perfect thing. It's like, guys, we don't have a 15-man rotation, okay? So 
y'all <laughs> like most of you out there probably can't even tell me who you know the 11th through 15th guy on the Lakers roster was last year okay and they won the title because the 15th 14th 15th man on the roster it, it, it isn't that big of a deal so and especially if it's going to be a really good team JJ Barea Brink coming back and being your 15th man sign me up all day every day okay and if he's coming back to be at that 15th spot then I'm like like he's not going to sit here and play 15 20 minutes a night he's not going to play over Trey Burke he's not going to play over Brunson it's not going to be one of those things it's going to be hey whenever we're blowing somebody out by 25 and we're doing blowout theater on lockdown Mavs and we're sitting there (laughs) watching JJ Barea be the vet point guard running the floor with Iwandu and Tyrell Terry and Josh Green and you know stuff like that when we're up by 25 so Sign me up all day. JJ Bray's number should be in the rafters. So uh, <laughs> come back, JJ. That's your hill, that's your hill you're going to die on. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, if you even look at the team that just made the finals in the East, like they have Udonis Haslam. This is the Mavericks Udonis Haslam, right? Mm-hmm. And if you take JJ Bray off this roster, let's do the opposite. So the Mavericks decide, all right, we're going to not sign JJ Bray again. We're not even, you know, we're going to try to bring him back as a coach which I think he's a little less effective as a coach than he would be as a player because there's just something about having a player in the locker room as opposed to having a coach like he crossed over to the other side right it's like the for sure um there was an episode of that 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 show recess where the uh the really cool kid the really cool kid in, in school becomes a teacher and then all of a sudden you know the kids don't respond in the same way because he's a teacher right when then when he was like a you know a, just a kid in the class that was like a leader you know you just you becomes different so i think that if they get rid of jj Barea and they re- replace him with like you know willie hernan gomez or somebody like that uh all of a sudden who's the playoff who's the the players that have playoff experience on this roster right yeah, guys we we just talked about it yesterday it's nobody they, they traded they traded for james johnson there's two guys on the roster that's over the age of 30 not including jj that's Boban <laughs> and James Johnson. Okay, so you bring back JJ Perea, That I mean, that's another guy. Three guys on your roster over the age of thirty. That's not a lot for a team that, I mean, as we're going, like we expect them to, you know, make some noise in the playoffs next year. For sure. All right, that, we're done with JJ Perea. Yeah. Brad Townsend also said uh, he said this about West West John, you know, West Owundu. Uh, a Mavs source. Don't sleep on West. We are building a much more athletic, long set of wings. So this is again we we know this we we definitely know this that they have been collecting these wings they have been that's been a big thing this off season and I wanted to point out the Mavs wings last week right like last week almost at this time the Mavs wings were Tim Hardaway Jr. Dorian and Justin Jackson those are the only real wings that was a big problem all season the Mavericks didn't have enough wings they didn't have the right wings they were playing three guard lineups and all that kind of stuff Delon was playing three at at certain times. Ooh. Uh, now, these are the wings the Mavericks have. Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian, James Johnson, Josh Green, Tyler Bay, and Wesley Owundu. I mean, they they at least added some names and some bodies. flyers you're taking. They have bodies there. They have guys that, you know, what if James Johnson is washed? What if, you know, Tyler Bay is completely overwhelmed? Josh Green's completely overwhelmed? You know, what if, um, you know, like, they have flyers, right? Yeah. They have all these different guys. Like, if all those guys... You know, one of those guys will turn out to be good. We right? don't have to or worry about Seth the- Curry guarding Kawhi. Okay, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the whole point. And they're taking the chances because maybe some of these guys aren't going to work out, but one of the- hopefully one of them will. If one of those four guys—Johnson, Green, Bay, and a one-do—if one of those four guys works out and is a really solid rotation player, that's a that's that's a win. 
right? Yeah. You know, and that that's the whole point. So they've added all these wings. I don't think anybody's upset about that. Uh, also, Brad Townsend tweeted out he I asked a Mavs source about the discrepancy as far as roster spots. So the Mavericks right now <laughs> have 15 players on the roster. Right, JJ Brea is back. Wesley Wondu was signed to a guaranteed deal. He's not necessarily a camp invite. He could be a camp, just a camp invite, but he has a guaranteed deal, which makes me think he's on the roster. And from Brad Townsend's tweets, it seems like he's on the roster. Yeah, Townsend. Mavericks, Brad also did a piece with it. He's already talked to him tonight, and yeah. he talked about how excited he is being Dallas. So, like that, I don't think you know Dallas helps make that happen as far as the Mavericks if he's not like going to be on the roster. Yeah, I agree, uh, and so. He, you know, they have a full roster now, basically, with, with Luca, Porzingis, Richardson, Tim Hardaway, Dwight, Dorian, Maxi, Jalen, Josh, Green, Boban, Trey Burke, James Johnson, Tyrell Terry, JJ Barea, Wessel Wundu. That's 15 players. It's a full roster. Yeah. Two ways. You have Tyler Bay, Nate Hinton. That's, that's full. Then you have Freddie Gillespie as a training camp invite. You have Devontae Patterson, who Tim Cato reported is also going to be a training camp invite. They have a, I mean, they have a full roster. But according to Brad Townsend, there's, you know, they still have one roster spot. <laughs> a source within the map said they still have one roster spot available. So no idea what's up with that. That is like one of the most vague, interesting reports. That makes me think they're doing some kind of two-for-one trade. Something's happening down the pike. And so Brad Townsend said, I asked a source about the discrepancy as far as the roster spots. He said... Uh, and others, you know, counting the Mavs as having a full roster. A different source told the Mavs they have one spot left. So, um, you know, different sources are saying different things. Like, we have a spot left. We don't have a spot left. And the source texted back to Brad and said, TBD. Mm. TBD. So they could have a roster spot open. They could not. Uh, what does this tell you? I mean, that was kind of a convoluted way of saying that there's certain sources in the Mavs that say that they have a roster spot or they don't. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're just waiting it out. I, I think they're they're waiting to see what unfolds. And I mean, just like what we've seen over the past 24, 48 hours, you don't you just don't know what is going to unfold. Yeah, it could be something with Bogdan, like everybody's speculating about and having fun with, and like, okay, is there gonna be a you know a two for one <laughs> sign and trade for Bogdan? Very well could. Or it could just be them saying, let's just wait it out. We never like for instance, look at James Johnson. James Johnson started in Minnesota. Then he gets traded for Rubio in this Rubio deal with draft picks and stuff. Then he ends up in a spot like OKC that then they want to like just get off his money. You look at what happened with just what happened with Tory Craig in Denver. We never thought like Tory Craig was going to just be like, hey, they're just going to rescind his qualifying offer. Now he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Kind of, you know, a bigger name than Iwandu, but like never thought he would be an unrestricted free agent. So bam, he's on the market. Look at a guy like Dwayne Dedman. Who got traded to you know to Detroit? Then he's waived. Well, now he's on the market. He was under contract. So that's I mean Nick Nick Batum. Did we ever think Nick Batum was going to be a free agent that he was going to get stretched and get paid nine million <laughs> over the next three years? No, I Did mean the Mavs would have to pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. We just don't know what names are going to hit the market. So I think right now they're probably you know watching some situations, seeing what happened with Ibaka. Ibaka going to the Clippers. Seeing you know some other names, I want to see what happens with the Bogdan deal. What happens you know if Bogdan goes somewhere else? Do they try to get in on that sign and trade deal as like a third team, and they take on somebody from another team? If he goes to like Indiana, and Indiana ships off somebody, could they you know step in and grab somebody from? So I, I just think there's so much stuff still going on 
that they're just being patient with it, which is amazing. They haven't handed out a dumb contract. Like we're not having to get on this podcast and defend a sixty Mason million dollar deal for Marcus Morris or Mason Plumley <laughs> for you know thirty million or whatever twenty something million. So th- we're not having to do that, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Yeah, or a five-year Davis Bertans deal. Like he's not as young as you think he is, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that, I think that's another win that the Mavs haven't handed out one of those contracts, but they've, which they've been pretty good about not doing as of late. I think they've really buttoned yeah. up that kind of stuff since they got Luca. Uh, and- all right, coming up, let's let's talk about this roster. We'll talk about how the roster is is sitting right now, and we'll talk about some available free agents. We'll get into that coming up. All right, Isaac. Let's talk about this roster. I think that the Mavericks have done a decent job of getting some pretty flexible, you know, pieces on the roster. You wanted to say one more thing about the last the last point. I was it well actually leads into this. I just want to remind what you said earlier. By them signing Iwandu, he is a minimum guy. So it does not affect the MLE. So if you take the roughly three million dollars that Burke was going to make out of the MLE, it leaves you around six million dollars. So they still have the six million dollars. It's not like, hey, now they're down to four with the MLE or something like that. So don't mm. freak out about that. Also, I went ahead and tallied up for you guys who are um keeping track of 2021 cap space. I counted in Burke. I counted in um Uwandu's like roughly $2 million for next season, which I think it's guaranteed. I could be wrong on that. It could be a player option. I haven't seen the details on Uwandu's deal, but let's just say it's locked in for $2 million. That puts him at a guaranteed contract number next year at $78.5 million. So it's still before the Richardson like player option, like assuming Richardson opts out, that leaves you with around $33 million in cap, cap room next year. So... Anyway, but go still max spot. Yeah, still max spot. But going back to right now, this present moment, moving forward, who are some other names still left in free agent free agency that they could target with the MLE or something? Yeah, so we've we've been looking down the roster, and now the Mavs have all these wings. We just mentioned all the wings they have. They have a bunch of guards, I think, too. If you count Josh Richardson as a guard, you know Tim Hardaway Jr. as a guard, they're kind of they they're hybrids. They go between wing and a guard. You have Luca, obviously. You have Brunson. You have Burke, Berea, and, and Tyrell Terry. Which the Mavs are all of a sudden this huge team. They have all these wings. They have you know Luca, who's huge, and then they have you know Brunson, Berea, Burke, and Terry, who are these really small guards. You're either, if you're on the Mavs right now, you're either like six eight and higher, or you're like six foot and shorter. Which yeah, it's really funny. Which is really funny to me. So they had to have an intervention with Rick and like, hey Rick, you can't have like six guards. On your roster, okay. You can't have like six six foot guys, all right. And we know that JJ Bray is not going to play all that much. Tyrell Terry, unless he all of a sudden steps in and you know is is really good from day one, he might not play all that much. So that's where they they stand with those guards. Um, they think we think that at this point they have they're one big man short. I think um, they will miss Kristaps Porzingis for a little bit to start the season. He'll also probably take a little bit of time to get back into everything. He's starting basketball activities. You know, on, on what is it, January first or December, like late December, and so he'll he'll take a little bit a little while to come back. They'll have Dorian and James Johnson hopefully to play some four for them. Then all of a sudden you're you just have your five man spot to fill for the most part between Dwight, Maxi, and Boban. You have to fill out some kind of minutes rotation with those guys. And the Mavericks don't ask their center to do too much. We talked about the platoon, the uh, you know the bullpen all the time. That's kind of the way that they they handle this. But still think they could add one more big man. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the whole Porzingis thing is, you know, that's the elephant in the room. How long is it going to be? Is it going to be halfway into January? Is it going to be the end of January? Is it going to be the first of February? We just don't know. You know, that that's that's the whole thing with it. We do know. And I don't think they know. No, I, right? I, like no, it's going to take time to to for, you know, just like it was, you know, in the bubble with the the knee soreness and that kind of stuff. It's going to take time for them to figure out when he's going to be able to get back. And the main thing with KP is you need him for the playoffs. And they're not yeah. going to rush him back, especially this being, you know, so early in the contract and stuff like that. So that's that's what makes me you don't want to rush him back. But you also don't want to go in such a big of a hole, especially in this Western Conference, to where you're really fighting hard towards the end of the end of the conference, so or end of the season. So that's why if you get a big that can fill in the gap a little bit or something, that would help. More so than they need him for the playoffs. They need him for the future. Right? Yeah. I think this is kind of the elephant in the the room that the, that us and the Mavs fans haven't really talked about. This team's not gonna win the title this year, right? Like they're not supposed to. Do you think that they could win the title this year? I'm just saying those odds a, look nice right now. I'm not a, lot a, I'm not a betting to, man at all, but like that makes me that makes me think about it. A lot would have to go right for them to win the title, for sure. But yeah. usually, usually yeah. a superstar winning the title like this young. I mean, it's, it's kind of unprecedented, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a Magic Johnson who had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar helping them get to the say, title. I mean, Luka does a lot of unprecedented things, so. He does do a lot of unprecedented things, and I would I would be so glad to eat my words if they won the title this year. I mean, absolutely over the moon. Even if they beat the Lakers, I would be so excited for the Mavericks. I would like <laughs> that would be the best thing to happen ever. I think. But the Mavericks, you know, most of the time a superstar comes into his own around like you know twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, yeah. right? So. In the Mavericks are are building this for you know that time in Luca's career, right? Right yeah. now, it's I mean it's just a twenty two year old doing what Luca has done now. I mean they're, uh, they're trying to get to the second round. I mean this is what Donnie said. Right. And he's like, hey, if we can find a move that gets us to the second round, you you had the first step, you got your experience, you got your toes in the water, you played against Kawhi and those guys, but how can you improve the roster and try to get to the second round? And if you can get to the second round in the West. Heck, I mean, then it's just matter. I mean, we see teams all the time. I mean, Denver went there last year. Portland went there the year before. True. It's true. no shots at them, but if Porzingis is healthy and Luca is a top five MVP candidate again, and they've improved the roster, then I, I'm not like counting it out. I mean, then it's just injuries at that point across the league. Yeah, and I shouldn't either. But I think that I think that they also being realistic. I think that they're. The, their prime time to win a playoff where we should start yeah, expecting yeah. them I don't to put the expectation out there at all, but I'm just saying when I we should start. Expe- yeah. When we should start expecting them to make the finals and get there is when Luca is going to be, you know, like three or four years from now, which is nuts to think about that. We have that long, but they could surprise us and get there. All that being said, I think that they, they still can add a big man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We took a roundabout way to get back to that conversation. But here are some some big men that are still available. We talked about some of them yesterday at the end of the show. We're going to talk about him again. Marcus Gasol still out there. I would be so down for Marcus Gasol, you know, coming in. And we'd have the Spanish brotherhood <laughs> to be able to, you know, everybody speaking Spanish between J.J. Barea and Gasol and Luca and, um, you know, Porzingis. And I think that that would be, you know, a really good signing. He's had interest, obviously, from the Raptors. The Lakers still have interest in him. I think that... Um, the Warriors was another team that came out as having interest in him, so he's he's pretty big up there. And so we'll see, we'll see what he gets. We'll see. The Lakers don't have that much to offer. Their MLE's gone. Um, 
the Warriors, I, I don't Warriors. think have. Yeah, the Warriors don't think. I don't think have an MLE. They're paying all that luxury tax. Uh, the Raptors can offer him the most money, obviously. So we'll see what he decides there. But would you be down with Marcus All? Yeah, I mean, I really wanted Ibaka more than anything, but I mean, yeah. he, he got his, he got the full MLE, which I mean, I thought he would get more than that, honestly, um, which he really could. But he went, but. but he went to the Clippers, and we have to be realistic about some of these teams. The yeah. Clippers are expected to go to the, you know, to go to the finals, right? I think, yeah. despite what happened last year, where we, where we all got the, our jokes in, I think that they're still expected to go to the finals, and he's he's ring chasing basically. I mean, um, well, yeah, I, uh, I guess I wouldn't put up like Ibaka's. Good enough to, I wouldn't say he went there just to ring chase, you know. I mean, he's really excited about their culture and wants to live in L.A. And I, I mean, guess. wants to play with Kawhi and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, L.A. To, to get a ring. I just, when I think of ring he's chasing, taking, I think of like Carl Malone, Gary Payton going to the Lakers. Like, Okay, yeah, it's not desperate. It's not desperation ring chasing. It's yeah, like yeah. he went there because, you know. Like Wes Matthews going to the Lakers. That's a ring, that's a ring chase, I guess. <laughs> Uh, the other one, the one that I'm interested in, super, super interested in, is Aaron Baines. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Baines would check a lot of the boxes for the Mavs. He can hit the three, which Gasol can hit a three, so but got I think that Baines Australian mentality. Got the Australian mentality that we talked about. Him and Josh Green would be connecting. Um, you have another enforcer type guy. He would be great at that, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think something key to think about this too is, you know, who, like, let's just say they go out and sound like a Mark Gasol or they sound an like Aaron Baines, something like that. Then. They're going to probably probably play a lot the first like month of the season. But what yeah. does their role look like when KP comes back? And then they're coming off the bench and then you're playing these guys like will Boban just become a, you know, taco situational at that guy. point, you know, like will what is that? You know, is is uh, you know, what Maxi and Baines, whoever Dwight Powell, then all of a sudden you have a lot of guys who can play the 5 and not really the 4. So a guy that and, used, and your and your best lineup is still KP at the five when he comes back, exactly. right? So that, that's part of your problem. Exactly. So uh, a guy that you threw out there, I know Kirk is all about this guy to us, you know, on Twitter. But Harry Giles <laughs> would be a a, a fun a, a fun flyer if uh, Dallas wanted to entertain the flyer route. I, I wouldn't sit here and hand him six million, but uh, if they do want to throw a flyer at somebody, Harry Giles, I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah, they still need to get another roster spot though, which we've talked about all this. I mean, but if, if, if they, they if the source of the if the source within the Mavs believes they still have a roster spot with some kind of move that they're doing, double uh, sign then, and trade then, with Giles and Bogdan. Ooh, I'm down. Okay, here's the Bogdan can thing. Can you do a double sign and trade? I don't know if you can do a double sign and trade. The Athletic, I don't know either. The Athletic threw out their Bogdan numbers that you know it's four years, seventy two million, eighteen million a year. Uh, that Atlanta and other teams know that that's the number he wants. Um, if you do a sign and trade, you have to hand him, you know, at least three years. It can't be like a one year deal or something like that. So, yeah, because of the CBA, you literally can't. Yeah, I don't want to go down the Bogdan stuff too much because then it just gets into a debate on like, all right, is seventy two million dollars to Bogdan worth the upgrade and the. Um, less flexibility moving forward to swap him out for Tim Hardaway and something else. Um, I, that's a debate we can have if it happens, I guess. But it well, could, if, but it hap- it, if it happens, then the debate is over. Yeah, but I mean, but honestly, I don't want to stand and say the Mavericks are not interested or they're not like thinking about that. That could be what they're waiting on, you know, whether they're involved uh, in trying to get him or whether they're trying to see what the after the ripple effects of him going somewhere could be. So I, I think that's the next. 
I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, that's the only big domino left to fall, right? I guess we got to see yeah, what like, exactly happens like, with the Hayward stuff, but yeah, Hayward could turn into some kind of sign and trade. You also have uh, Brandon Ingram still unsigned, but I think he's just going to go back to the Pelicans, you know. And there can um, always be, be trades just out of nowhere. I mean, we just yeah. don't know. Harden, like, Harden trade, Westbrook trade, Wall trade. Apparently, Wall's asking for a trade. That's, like, that's the another funniest guy. thing I've ever seen. I mean, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the Mavericks could get in on some of this stuff. Remember what happened when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors? The Mavericks got Harrison Barnes Good and point. then they Good got point. Andrew Bogut. So if they could take advantage of some of these situations where they could get somebody who, who we wouldn't expect. Like, what um, if they're but, sitting back waiting for the Harden stuff? And if Harden goes yeah. to Brooklyn, what are the, what's the ripple effects of that? Because They get Tucker. Yes. <laughs> then know? look at the guys Houston has at that point, a.k.a. P.J. Tucker. Then what about guys they're getting back from Brooklyn? And let's say they don't love the fit of like Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that. Not that, you know, we're talking about, you know, wings or bigs, but like that's the that's the aftermath of things that we just don't know. And so we'll see how it plays out. Absolutely. We'll see. We could talk about this for hours. Obviously we have, but we'll be back on Monday talking about more stuff. Hopefully more news will happen. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Now, for the folks at home that don't know Wes Iwandu well enough, we are going to take what we just did and help remind you a little bit. Yeah. Let's do All it. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Wake up, Mr. West. Mr. West. Yeah. Welcome to West World. Hey. West World. Yeah. Let's I got do you. this. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh. It's an easy rhyme, they know he's the best. They love him from the south to the north to the east to the west. Yes, but they know the flow is clever. His name is Iwandu. The girls say, Iwandu know you better. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know they all stay fresh. He gon' steal my mic, they call him Kanye West. <laughs> all right, you know he the chillest. Yeah, they call him Wild Wild West, and we ain't talking about Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, we playing basketball, you know you can't handle then. But they be making music like Wes Anderson. And when he do it, you know I'm gonna...